This is Amy Ambalazeri, host of Top Hobby Writers Presents, I Know How This Book Ends, where we deep dive into the story behind the stories of the biggest books out this year. Today, I'm here with Tia Williams, author of some amazing books, including her latest, Seven Days in June, and The Perfect Find, and we're going to talk about those books and more. I am so excited. Tia, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you. And of course, your your book right before Seven Days of June, which we're, we're going to, Seven Days in June, we're going to talk a lot about that, but the book... Just before that was The Perfect Find, and there's been a lot of news about The Perfect Find just in the last couple of days. Can you share some of the exciting news about that book? Yes. Um, it's also surreal. So The Perfect Find is being adapted for film, um, a, Netflix, a Netflix movie starring Gabrielle Union. As um, So exciting. I know. Can you, tell, can you tell me a little bit about being a fly on the wall when you get that news that Gabrielle Union has decided to adapt your, your book for... Netflix. Can you, can you walk us through that moment? Yeah, it's really crazy. So I I guess it was like three years ago. Um, I don't have Snapchat because I am a tech boomer. Like I don't understand. (laughs) I can't figure out Snapchat either. (laughs) Not user friendly, but, um, someone, uh, sent me a Snapchat of Gabrielle Union on vacation reading the perfect vine. How great is that? And yeah, I died. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what is happening? This is crazy. And after she finished reading it, she just really loved it and um, was pursuing the film option and had it for a while. And I've had sort of Hollywood interest in other books that I've written before, but it never really panned out. And so as an author, you learn to be pleasantly excited and just sort of manage your expectations and move on with your day when yes. you're like this. And we all know those stories of, of the exciting, you know, news of a, a film, a book getting optioned for film and then nothing ever happened. But that is not the case here. Yeah. And so, you know, a couple of years later, maybe it was like a year and a half later, it all, you know, came together and I'm still stunned. And then the um, you know, coronavirus happened and so yeah. everything was on hold forever. And so now the film is actually, ju- it's just gone into production. I think they're on day four right Amazing. now. Amazing. Yeah. And they're filming in New Jersey. Um, the And there's some casting news. So we know that Eric is being played by Keith Powers, which is perfect. Um, uh, Jenna Jones's nemesis, Darcy Vale, is being played by Gina Torres, um, who also I love. perfect, perfect yeah, casting. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm really excited to to watch it all come together. Well, it's so exciting, and the fun thing about that book, of course, is that it tracks a, a fabulous character, Jenna Jones, who, by the way, does make a cameo right in your newest book, Seven Days yes. of June. So that's fun. But Jenna's story takes place in The Perfect Find, and she is sort of trying to make her comeback and get her second chance in the style media industry, which is something you know a little bit about, I think, right? I do. Yeah. 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 So tell us about your your journey to writing from, from the style industry. So I... Um got my start as a beauty editor at, at women's fashion magazines. Um, yeah. Just a few, just a few, book, you know, magazines that people will know of, you know, yeah, Elle, Lucky Glamour. Yeah. Essence. Yeah. Just a few, just a few, Nate, let's just do a little name dropping. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so what, the, here's the thing. Like when I was growing up, I had two things that I was obsessed with. 
one was writing and the other was fashion and beauty. Okay. I love like, this. You know, reading Vogue in third grade. Yes. And so I always knew that I wanted to be a novelist, but I had two goals. I wanted to be a novelist and I also wanted to be a magazine editor. So two weeks after I graduated from college, I moved to New York and I started working at magazines. Um, my first magazine job was uh, YM. I don't know if you yes, or your listeners course. remember that teen magazine YM. Absolutely. And then That's I amazing. Moved, yeah. I moved on to L, Glamour, um, all the ones you mentioned. But two years after I started working, um, Things got a little intense. Like this is the Devil Wears Prada era, like that yes. the heyday of magazine publishing, the late '90s. And like, I had an editor throw a bagel at me. I was like, you know what? Yes. No, I think maybe I need a break from this. I was also dating this charismatic idiot, and so I broke up with my boyfriend. I <laughs> charismatic I idiot. I love that. Yeah, I quit my job. I put everything in storage, and I went to Spain to teach English for six months. And while I was there, I wrote my first novel. And so, so ever since then, I've been doing both things. So let's back up here for a moment. So were you working in the Condé Nast building? Yes. Okay. So you and I have this in common and we were uh, most likely passing each other because I also was working in the Condé Nast building at that time. But on the other side, I was working for Skadden Arts. Oh. Yeah. So I can completely empathize with the wanting to balance two, two interests writing with something else. And I, I can remember thinking that uh, I definitely wanted to be walking in the other side of the Condé Nast building, but I had always heard from a lot of friends who worked on that side of the building too, that there were similarly intense environments. And I do mm-hmm. not, um, I'm not surprised at all to, to learn that you wanted to leave that environment after a little yes. while. Um, but being that it was the era it was in, like, it's almost like it was accepted. I mean, when I came back from Spain, I went yes. right back to the Condé Nast building. Oh, really? No. And yeah. it was accepted on the other side of the Condé Nast building too at the time. So tell me, so you went right back, you went right mm-hmm. back to work. You thought mm-hmm. this would, it would be different the second time around. I, you know what? It's not even that I thought it would be different. I was 25 and it's what mm-hmm. I knew, yeah. like, you know, and it was just a different time. It's hard to explain. Like there was no social media. I mean, you can't really throw bagels at people today without being right. canceled. Right. <laughs> and did you meet Abby Gardner in those days, in the Condé Nast days? Yeah. Um, we came into the, we're the same age. We came into the industry as beauty editorial assistants at the same time. So we were at the same events and um, kind of, yeah, grew up together in the industry. And of course, Abby is the host of another speak.studio podcast. We have notes and she has such a fabulous take on all things pop culture. You were her guest in her inaugural episode. And I loved that episode. And I loved hearing the two of you. You clearly have a lot of really fabulous history together. And I loved hearing the two of you talk about pop culture history and pop pop culture, what's going on now and your your history of loving pop culture. That's what I just loved. So I'm going to send everyone to that episode as well. Um, but you and Abby sort of uh, came up together, I know. But then what what made you leave? What made you leave that industry? Well, um, it wasn't really a choice, actually. <laughs> you know, the whole digital revolution happened and print slowly fell out of favor and all of us sort of old school, old guard editors um, became dinosaurs. And 
unless you had been learning digital stuff the whole time, which none of us really had. We, you know, you look down on on the bloggers and the, you know, digital zines and all that. Like it just seemed like, you know. Um, well, and that became the fodder and that became the storyline of the perfect find, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a weird time to suddenly, you know, this is all I ever wanted to do, all I ever knew. This was my like professional education. And then suddenly, you know, uh, 1000 word essays with, you know, big budget shoots on the new blush for the spring just was not it. Um, and I remember sitting in a meeting. It was like the writing was on the walls, 2010, I guess. And someone brought up SEO, which is obviously search engine right. optimization. Right. And I said, what, who is that? I thought it right. was someone's like monogram. That's <laughs> so perfect. And everyone looked at me like, you thundering idiot. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm crawling into my casket. This is how old I am. And so, at, you know, I got laid off from my magazine job. And well, by the way, put- 2010 was the magical year because that's the year I left the law also. And I've talked to a number of people who've transitioned from other careers into writing and 2010 was the magical year. So you were right on schedule. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. And um, so I couldn't get hired for three years. I mean... It was crazy. I was, you know, I had this big career, you know, since I'm 21. Yeah. I was the first black editor, you know, at Glamour Magazine. Yeah. You know, I had all the success. I had written a, a successful novel, you know, and suddenly I had the rug pulled out from under me and I had to figure out how to reinvent myself and I had to learn digital and I had to, you know, understand writing in a whole new modern way and, mm-hmm. It was terrifying. And during that time, um, I wrote The Perfect Find about a woman who has the rug pulled out from under her, who's yeah. kind of like a, a big shot in fashion editorial and has to reinvent herself at a at a digital fashion magazine where everyone's half her age, including this super hot guy that she yeah. falls for. Yeah, it was perfect. It was, it was The Perfect Find was perfect. It was the perfect way for you to channel that experience into something that was beautiful and relatable because of course it was. And, and, you know, I always say just because it's fiction doesn't mean it's not true. Right. Right. What you know, but also, you know, that's what makes it so personal and honest is, is the story behind the story. So I love that. Thank you for walking us through that. And of course, seven days in June is your newest novel. It just came out in June and it is, spectacular. And of course it has gotten some incredible praise, but, uh, the big news for seven days in June is that Reese Witherspoon picked it for her June book club. So congratulations. Thank you. Really amazing. It's a beautiful book. Give, give me a little fly on the wall moment for that, that moment where you find out Reese Witherspoon's picture book. That was crazy. Yeah. So that was like three months ago. My publisher told me I'd been selected (sighs) and I had to keep it a secret because there's a whole ritual involved with I've heard that from others and that must be just so hard. Tell me about keeping it a secret. 
Yeah. So there's the, there's this ritual and, and there, she does a big reveal on the Reese's book club app and there's like clues the week leading up to it. And everyone's trying to figure out what it is. And then there's a announcement party and she releases this video and everyone's like, ah, and then they order the book. And so because of that, there, there could be no mention of it anywhere. Um, there was even a thing with like, you know, showing the book online because there was going to be the re-sticker. Right. The book. So I, my publisher had two different covers made so we could show the book before it had the sticker. Yeah. So it was a whole thing. Um, and it was so, I'm not the best at keeping secrets. So this was a, a challenge for me. <laughs> but um, yeah. It would be it was, a challenge for anyone. I don't blame you at all. It was really exciting. Like it's honestly, it's a dream come true you it's something that as an author you don't dare wish for one of the book clubs to take your book on because it's you know they can only do 12 a year yeah yeah and it's it's recognition it's validation yeah it's it's no surprise though it's no surprise that it was seven days in june because this book has so many layers to it it's so it's so beautiful and it it is for, for maybe the couple of people who haven't yet read it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about, it's about two, uh, well, it follows the story of two authors who reconnect, um, now as successful authors, but it turns out that they spent seven days together as teenagers at a very impactful time in both of their lives. And it also turns out, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't want to give anything away, but it does turn out that both of them have used that experience and used that time as teenagers as writing inspiration in their current commercially successful careers. And they have two, they write in two different genres. Mm-hmm. So the the woman writes in um, sort of uh, f- fantasy, the fantasy genre, and and romance and the male character writes in literary fiction genre. And I love this. I thought there was a lot that was really meta about this book. I love books that peek behind the writing industry curtain. Um, The last really fabulous book I read that did that was El Casamano's Finley Donovan is killing it. I don't know if you've read that, but it's also very meta. And there's, there's just a lot of really fun peeling back the curtain. And I wondered I wondered if you, I thought there were things that were really brave about writing this book um, in terms of revealing the, you know, racial and elitism disparities in in the industry. And I wondered if you got any pushback in terms of writing those, exposing those. Tell me about that. Um, Well, I didn't get any pushback from until now. (laughs) No, it's really interesting because the only criticism that I've gotten has been, you know, and I'm talking like social media comments and Amazon and stuff is like, right. We use criticism with a, it's all relative. I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, it's been like the Karen demo. Interesting. It's like, yeah, well, I, I thought this book was like really cute and fun until the author took pot shots at my country Or, (laughs) or like, um, yeah, it had the potential to be five stars, but then like the author had to get all racial like they do, you know, it's, it's, just like, it's all fun and games until you write real stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. And, and it's just the lack of self-awareness because these yeah. people don't realize that they're revealing more about 
themselves yes. than anything having to do with me. It's like, oh, this is so embarrassing for you, but by all means, go ahead. Yes. Yes. It's for sure proving the point, which is so yeah. perfect. Yeah. And one of the things I also loved in this book is the idea that each of them were writing to each other, sort of secret messages in their writing, sort of reaching out over the years, over the space to each other. Um, I have to ask you if you've ever done that in your novels. And I will tell you full disclosure, I totally have. I have I have written <laughs> love letters, messages to people in my book, Secret, reaching out over the over time. And I so when I read that, I just loved it. And I just wondered if you'd done that too. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, there are people absolutely. you definitely want to pick up your book for different reasons, right? For and it may not always be the it may not always be a loving tender message, but there, may, right. there are other messages uh, sent too. <laughs> yeah, oh, a few. Yeah. Um, the actually the only book that I've written that didn't have like personal sort of content. Well, no. Well, okay. Let let me back up. So what you're asking is, have I ever like, you know, implanted messages yeah. or like inside? Yeah. And absolutely. You know, the perfect find was based on a real relationship I had. Right. It's a fictionalized version of something that happened of in my life. So I was inspired by this guy to write Eric. And then my first novel, The Accidental Diva was me and the charismatic idiot, um, <laughs> but rewritten so that he was, you know, a functioning adult. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, like in those two books, like I was writing a lot to them. Yes. Um, Did you find terms, that therapeutic and healing? Definitely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But with um, Seven Days in June, there wasn't like, the, it's the first novel I've written that wasn't, didn't have a kernel of truth from a relationship that I had. Like Shane was totally made up. Their situation was very made up. Yes. Um, but the 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 right about you know part of it was that Eva and I like the skeleton of who she is yes. is who I am too yes I'm a you know I was a single mother when I was writing it I got married in December oh um, congratulations but I, thank you but I'd, I'd been a single mother for 10 years yeah. um you know we're both romance writers, black women living in Brooklyn with Creole mothers and a debilitating invisible illness. Yes. You know, migraine. Yes, so I know. A, a lot in common. Yes. Just because it's fiction doesn't mean it's not true. That's really amazing. Mm -hmm. mm. Can you, before we let you go, can you give us a little sneak peek about what's next? What's on the horizon for Tia Williams? Well, I am, I'm researching a new novel. I have a idea that I think it's really exciting, but I haven't even told like my editor yet. Oh, <laughs> so I love I that. Like I yeah. It's like only it's my brand agent. new. Yeah. Yes. It's brand, brand yes. new. So I haven't done any research. I haven't had any, any time to, since the book pubbed, I've been, you know, crazed and I also have a full-time job. So I'm waiting for everything to die down a little bit yeah. and then I'm going to dive into this. Are you going to let yourself enjoy the success of seven days in June for a, for a hot minute before you turn to the next book. I mean, I would say yes, but no, I never do. I just I dive right into the, <laughs> to the next thing. It's the nature I, of this industry, right? You're always thinking yeah. about the next story. I don't know any author that's like, whoo, yeah, well, got that done. Yeah. Like, let me have a spa day. Like, it's right. never like that. Right. <laughs> 
it should be though. I know. I know. You should allow yourself just like a minute to enjoy it. It's a beautiful book. Everyone needs to read Seven Days in June. Congratulations on its early and well-deserved success already. We can't wait to hear more about uh, your next book, your next story, and what's and also can't wait to hear more about The Perfect Find and watch that on the screen. So Tia, thank you so much. I really appreciate your making time to be with me today and look forward to meeting you in real life soon. Yes, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. 